Welcome to the award-winning Disrupt Education podcast, a podcast that explores the latest innovations and trends in the world of education. I'm your host, Peter Hostrosser, along with Allie Privet. We're both educators. Okay, one of us is a former educator, and we were tired of the status quo and wanted to create a space where we could have conversations that aren't always in the public eye. Join us as we talk to other disruptors, educators, researchers, and thought leaders who are pushing the boundaries and challenging the way we were taught. We're thrilled you're here to be part of a not-so-underground movement to disrupt and amplify the good pieces in education. Whether you're a teacher, a parent, or a lifelong learner, there's a story for everyone on Disrupt Education. We're here each week to bring you stories from all over the globe of people doing education differently. Buckle your seatbelt, get on the disruptor plane as we climb to altitude before letting this episode free fall straight to your ears. Hey, it's Peter Hostrauser here. And hey, I want to tell you something about how I am actually disrupting education. Yeah, I'm moving forward with portfolios on spikeview.com. If you head over to spikeview.com, Basically, what we're teaching our students to do is actually to create a skills-based portfolio around their interests, through their passions, and what they're good at. It's called the strength-based approach. So basically, what we do is we build up our students and have them understand what they're good at and what they're interested in by the time they leave our high school. But it doesn't stop there. It's a K through gray. So if you want your students to continue to build their strengths in this day and age where resumes are dying and to show more and more about who they are, what they do, and they actually control all the data behind it, guess what? SpikeView is the place for you. Head over to spikeview.com, check it out. Let me know if you need anything because I tell you what, I have used this with my own family and my students. Check out spikeview.com today. Welcome to the Disrupt Education Podcast. Allie Privet, Peter Hostrosser, our guest. I'll announce her in a minute. Hi, Allie. How are you doing? I'm well. I uh, got some insight before we started recording that our guest is a list maker. I yes. <laughs> am with, with, with you in um, spirit. I love making a list just to check things off of a list. It's very rewarding. Um, if anybody else out there is pro list, hit me up, let me know. <laughs> it's just very satisfying. Um, Peter, are you a list maker? I am. Yes, I do. A uh, very small um, list. And then sometimes I have lists everywhere. So that's my problem. That's a, it's a, so, but I will, I, I do every day on my computer, whether I'm at work or in summer, whatever I have a small list of things, four or five things that uh, I have to do. So that's what I'm in the middle of. So did not know that about you, the list maker. I knew that about our guest, Gabby. Gabby Kanapka is, is it Kanapko. How do I say that correctly? I'm sorry. Konopko. See, Konopko. See, I, I got to work on my Polish accent. Um, Gabby is a uh, just a recent graduate uh, of Stag High School, um, just like uh, Patrick. And um, but very different path, um, doing some different things. Uh, Gabby, if you had about a minute to tell people who you are, what would you say? So I'm an 18 year old entrepreneur. I run my own business. I customize clothing, cups and glass. 
classes in my free time. That's mainly what I do, but I love working with kids. So I'm a camp counselor right now, and I'm about to go to North Central for college, and I might study education, and then I'm also going to be on the cheer team. Awesome. Basically all about myself. <laughs> that was on the list. That was on the list, I think, Allie. <laughs> Definitely on the list. There's a lot to unpack and just, you know, that, uh, you know, brief description of yourself, which you, you know, I like that I can even sense the, the, you know, like, you know, you have a sense of who you are or things that you're doing. And you started with, I think, the most interesting is that you called yourself an entrepreneur, which I don't hear a lot of young people start off yes I'm 18 and I'm an entrepreneur so what would you uh wh what where did the entrepreneur spirit come from what what kind of got you into that space I've always been the creative type. I've always been creating gifts for my friends, my own things. So originally I started off by creating my own jewelry and a lot of my friends on social media loved that I was making those. So they just asked me to make them for, for the jewelry for them. So then I decided to start turning that into a business and selling it. And then it just grew from there. I wanted to make my own clothes, did my own designs on cute, like customized Starbucks cups. I decided to make my own and then I just turned everything into a business. So my mindset is always like, can I use this as a way to make money? And that's where I had her in two entrepreneurship classes. Uh, I don't really allow kids to take it twice, but uh, she did, um, which is pretty cool. I really like that about you, um, which is interesting, though. You also want to be in education. You want to help youth um young kids i think is it elementary education yeah you got to connect those how did you find out that how did like through your journey let's take a look at through you know you're just through your k through 12 right 12 years of education traditionally um what is it that was that aha moment that i want to help young kids even though you are an excellent entrepreneur and business person it's my major that I decided on was more that made me sit at a desk all day. Like I like being hands-on and working with people standing up and moving around. And I, I was thinking, I'm like, the only jobs that I've ever had growing up were just babysitting, being a counselor and being a coach for young kids. And then I realized growing up, I've always loved playing school with my friends and I never let anybody else be the teacher. I had to be the teacher. I would take papers from my teachers at the end of like elementary and I would ask them if I could just take them and use them at home. And then I realized that I'm like, oh, my gosh, like this whole entire time I've been wanting to be a teacher. And then now I'm going into it, trying to decide if I want to go into it. No, you might end up, you know, uh, as an as a business teacher, you know, entrepreneurship. <laughs> but, you know, I think the, the cool thing about you wanting to to, you know, you you have the entrepreneurial side and then you have this passion and and obviously zest for for teaching is that that can be so beneficial at a younger age peter and i regularly talk about you know getting kids um in and finding their passions early or just having someone to kind of guide them you know and not necessarily uh 
locking kids into the traditional school model system is that, you know, just you with that, that entrepreneurial spirit so young, and then also wanting to help even younger kids, you know, you could help those kids turn their lemonade stands and rip beer floats, or, you know, I know kids like to mow grass and, um, you know, they could, they could even like work on their negotiation skills with their parents for chores and wages. And <laughs> oh, there's all these, these things that I'm like, you could take the stuff you've learned from business um, and incorporate that into a teaching practice. If you, if you chose to do so um, I'm curious in, in the entrepreneurial journey, what, was kind of like a standout lesson uh that you had to learn even taking you know your 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 passion for making clothes and jewelry and all this stuff and selling it but you know that doesn't mean that you're necessarily successful or you still enjoy it after a while um so what are some what's like a lesson that you had to kind of learn along the way that maybe you didn't anticipate um or you've had to kind of grow through the first thing that always comes to mind is just knowing that my failures and my setbacks aren't failures. They're just a way of learning and growing and moving forward. That's one thing for sure. Cause I do lose motivation, but then I, I know that I'm going to learn from the problems that I've gone through and stuff. And I just know that the end result is always great. What, what grade it would be like right now, like, what would be your perfect grade to teach? I don't know. I work with so many different kids right now. And it's just hard because my group that I work with at the summer camp is seven and eight year olds. I don't even know what grade that is. But I also favor the really little ones like the five and six year olds. Yeah. I hang out with them sometimes more than my own kids at, with the seven and eight year olds. So it's really hard to decide. Can you imagine like, like how you would teach them like those that what you just said there about failure? Like, okay, try again. I mean, I just imagine you coming up with some creative ways. I know I'm just like throwing a big question at you here, but like, say you got like a seven year old or six year old in front of you and they're down because they screwed up something and they tried something and it didn't work. How would you do that? I don't know. Like, for example, something small today happened was one of the kids was very upset because their hat got wet. And I just had to explain to them, like, it's going to end up being dry eventually. You just have to wait and stay positive before that even happens. This poor kid was literally crying because his hat was wet. And I felt so bad. So I just had to explain to him that it's going to end up drying. So you just have to think about the positive things. And you have to tell them that it's all going to be okay. And tell them what it's going to end up being. Is that something you, that you like had in high school? Like, how, how does that like come into like your own learning? Right. Did you see that with do you? Did you feel like you saw that model as a high school student um, or maybe you didn't? Um, what kept you going like in the different areas in, in high school? What would you say? Um, was it that positivity? Was it something else? You, of course. <laughs> I totally like set that up, Allie. No, I'm just <laughs> Sometimes I would want to like quit or I fell down from my, like even my business. It, it gets hard. Yeah. But then you, I would go to your classes. You would give me those motivational speeches and help me stay positive. And then I, I know I have to keep going. And one reason I would keep going was for you. I didn't want to let you down. Oh, that's nice. I'm humble. <laughs> 
you know, as someone who coaches and I've, co have, I've coached in lots of different spaces, like on sports teams and that I definitely see an, being a teacher, a main, a main role is, is really that it's kind of a, that guide coach realm. Um, and that's, it's a, it's a really beautiful space. And to hear that, you know, Peter, Mr. H was, was that for you? Um, I, I don't think everyone realizes that that coaching relationship, that the educational um, relationship between student and teacher is so transformative. Um, and there are definitely students um, post high school in college that that struggle to, to have that same kind of relationship with professors. It, it just depends on where you go and and how kind of life shifts um, uh, for you. So, you know, like how how do you anticipate, you know, keeping yourself motivated, um, you know, moving forward now, like, you know, now that you're going into college or what have you kind of, yes, I'm sure Peter, Mr. H has helped you motivate yourself, but then like, how do you motivate yourself without, without that, right? Like that, um, without that piece. So first. I decided to go on to into a smaller school knowing that my classes are going to be smaller and that I can grow that relationship with my professors so that I can speak to them if I need advice or anything. Um, also, I just upgraded from working in my room to a business room. So having everything out and knowing where it's going to be is so much easier than having to shuffle around all these random boxes that were in my room. So that definitely motivates me. And also, like, for example, right now, I'm really behind on orders because I have so much going on and it's stressing me out. And because I'm unmotivated, I don't want to do it. But knowing that once I finish those, like, I'll get money, I'll get more exposure because some of these are like big orders. And just knowing that I'll be relaxed after and I'll have more free time keeps me going too. So I just have to think about the end results. I do that often. Did the grade do that for you or was there something else or was it a combination of both uh, in your learning journey? Mm, it depends on the class. Like, no, like I, in your class, I knew that I'm going to have a good grade no matter what, mm -hmm. but I just had to like know like my assignments and actually like try them and not just do whatever randomly because they're going to benefit me in the long run. Some classes were just more difficult, like my math classes. I didn't really care for my math classes. I was just like, check the boxes. But your classes were amazing. Like they were definitely most motivational because of all your speeches and your curriculum. So yeah. I give a lot of speeches, Allie. I do. Every single day, almost a speech. But I was very thankful for it. My last day of senior year, I was getting so emotional knowing that it was my last oh. one I'll ever hear. No, I couldn't no, even you talk just keep to you listening to the podcast. We'll give speeches, you know. I could not even talk to you. I was about to cry when I was leaving your class. <laughs> it's, I mean, it is amazing, though, to hear you say, like, you know, uh, when you're given your all. Um, and I think that's one of the things that came from Patrick as well is like the self awareness of the 10,000 foot view. The, you know, I know the why, I know why I'm doing this, and I know what I can get out of this outside of the grade. Um, and you kind of have that as well to really kind of see, you know, um, 
the outcome, whatever it is, it's going to be okay, right? Um, there's going to be something here, we can do something. I do remember going through a different way of math uh, with you. I think it was the second time you took entrepreneurship and we went through kind of the cost analysis and we time-framed mm -hmm. everything. Um, was there any time in like maybe your core classes that you could attach it to or you figured out, hey, you know what? I can attach this to becoming an elementary school teacher or a business person um, in like in the class or was it totally detached and check the box only for you? And why do you think that was? I feel like I just recently decided that I wanted to go into education, so I never really thought about it at all at school unless maybe like elementary because that was when I pretended to be the teacher but I'm not really in high school I feel like it's always been check the box because I didn't really take those classes that I liked and enjoyed especially since I just changed what I wanted to do like before before I took your first class junior year I wanted to go into architecture and interior design but then once I started taking your classes I felt stuck like I couldn't take any more classes except repeat the ones that I took with you. So yeah, other than your classes, they were all check the box for me. Hmm. I couldn't find anything that I enjoyed. One of the things that we talk about here on the Disrupt Education podcast is, you know, like how do we how do we make it so that school is, you know, more engaging and not just a check the box scenario where, you know, maybe it feels like it's a a you're just going, you're doing whatever you get told to do. And, you know, there isn't so much value um, from it. So you said you had a list of, of yes. things that you would change. And so I'm, I'm interested in first just knowing what the list is and kind of like, you know, what would you want, you know, from an educational system so that you didn't feel, it didn't feel that way, you know, um, you didn't feel like it was more of a check the box. <laughs> okay, first I put having more career-based classes, like my business classes, I wish there were more business classes that I could take, or um, also like with interior and architecture, I realized that I didn't want to go into it, but I also couldn't explore that more at school. The classes were kind of hard. Um, Teachers prioritizing getting to know the strengths and weaknesses of each student to help improve their abilities on gaining skills and understanding what they want and need in life. Like the relationship that I grew with you, you helped me so much and shaped me into who I am now and are helping me realize what I want to do and how to stay successful. Having less days or hours in the day of school or just because I feel like it's so draining and I'm so unmotivated going to school if I had more time to just like prioritize myself at home, sometimes I feel like that'd be beneficial. Like with my business, I had no time also during the school year because I had to go to school and check the boxes. There was classes that I didn't want to take. Me and Mr. H talked about having those only like a few classes in one day and then the next day, the other classes. I feel like that'd be so much more easier and spend more time in one class and then having that better relationship with your teachers and going more in depth with the classes and then making tests open note because in real life, we don't have to memorize all these things. Like in calculus, I don't need to have all those 
like that unit circle. I do not need to know that in real life. I can have that on a piece of paper. Like and when I'm working, I can have my little note sheet next to me. I don't need to memorize everything. Those were my, that was my list. My most important. Got it. Take it away, Allie. What do you think? I mean, I, I love the list. I mean, we've had conversations about it, Gabby, about, you know, that was a block schedule that we were talking about, um, which I really yeah. liked teaching in. Um, I just haven't done it since my first year of education. So. Interesting. Yeah. I, I've, I'm a big fan of block scheduling, um, having taught in it. And um, even when COVID hit, we did um, a quarter system where you only took three or four classes each quarter. Mm. You had them every day. But I, I actually was probably my besides my first year of teaching, because I if you ask any teacher, there's something magical about the first year. It's irreplaceable you can't like you can't recreate it but i actually um loved that 2020 to 2021 school year for the 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 difference of the quarter system i mean some people absolutely hated it it was awful for like certain classes like orchestra you can imagine that would be a problem like i have you one quarter and then i don't see you possibly until fourth quarter because yeah like there were some issues with some or like math imagine like you have it every day you have it like in august september october and then you don't see it again till april that's or spanish languages there's some issues with it but for some classes it really did work um and i thought science it worked it worked particularly well in with the time and the just what you're talking about you could really dive deep into a lot of things barring the craziness that was that year because of a pandemic but i like that you're just bringing up look there we we don't have to do the the long school days in fact students got lot more time off the days were shorter and you could assign quote unquote more deep analysis type problems and and lab work and they'd have more time to mull on it and think about it because they had the they had the capacity to imagine focusing on three classes that's a lot different than seven or eight <laughs> it was like a constant tornado um you were talking i think before we started recording how many classes are you taking for college what does your schedule look like for college can you even picture that <laughs> four classes and as of right now i'm only going to school three days mm -hmm. how do you feel about that, that? yeah i mean i love it i think it's going to be so much easier i do have to go to school all five days because i have cheer but other than that like having classes only three days is going to be a lot better and i can prioritize those classes still over the two days that i have off but in different ways and like focus on gaining more skills and my mindset getting better about like the career that I want. I think it's better than the seven classes every single day. It's draining. <laughs> I know. I know. Hard. <laughs> so um, if you had to put a percentage on becoming an educator right now, um, no pressure, but a little pressure. Um, what would that percentage be? Like, is it, is it a hundred percent? Is it 80%? Is it 50%? Like 85%. Okay. Um, the reason I'm asking that is, you know, you're kind of um, 
you're in the minority when it comes to people wanting to be teachers these days, right? And I wanted to ask you, you know, number one, like I've I've had a lot of students who have the experiences uh, of, you know, younger, like you were the paper getter, like you just knew it, right? And it, for some reason, I don't know, it, those are the great elementary school teachers, the great teachers in general. So you're not going to do terrible at this job. You're going to do great. However, I, I wanted to ask, like, so why do you think that right now there's a lot of people who or maybe things that you have seen that are, don't want to choose the educational path? Because I think it's important to see the pros and cons of going into it before you go into it. Right. And I know we've had this conversation, but why do you why do you think that a lot of people don't want to do it? And really, you know. Well, I mean, yeah, we'll just stop there. Like that's, that's a question. Like, why, why do you think it is the way it is right now? So with elementary, I know that most people don't want to go into that path because of money. I know that's like the number one thing. Mm -hmm. They do not make a lot of money, but then like with me, I don't want to do middle schoolers. There are a lot to handle. And then high schoolers, I just don't even know about high schoolers. <laughs> but like with with elementary, you also have to think about not just teaching them the subjects that you want to teach, but you have to teach them like basic skills of life. There's so much more to than just teaching the the subjects. So that's probably my my main reasons why I'm having a hard time. And I, there, I know a bunch of people that are trying to go into education and they have the same conflict a lot of people are talking to them about money and I never thought about money I just wanted to do something that I love but when everybody's telling me you're not going to make any money I'm getting in my head about it even though I like the way that the hours are being a teacher because then I can have my own store because I want to open up like a nice boutique with all my stuff that I sell right now as a side business of being a teacher and I liked that idea I think that uh, it's unfortunate for many reasons, the, the money aspect with education, the unique factor with you, because you have this entrepreneurial spirit, I don't think money will be a concern, right? And there, I mean, so I will say that the most rewarding thing about teaching and particularly, um, elementary age is helping helping a, a, a young person learn how to read, write, um, understand the world around them and have a love of life and learning. And they're, I mean, it's irreplaceable. You can't put a price tag on it. You know, society tries to, um, but, but that, that doubt that creeps in, you know, if, if you're open to, to this advice is that if you feel this is for anybody that you're meant and made to do something and you have passion around that the world is going to tell you why you should or should not do that thing for x number of reasons and you have to have the the kind of the stance to to do it i mean i i'm sure peter has heard this i heard this all the time oh teachers don't get paid enough you know they they don't make enough money and it's like it's the most rewarding job at, at times. And, you know, like, and just seeing the, some of Peter's students right now, right? Like you, Gabby and Patrick and, and the impact that Peter had on you. And, and I've had students where it's like, I know that I made an impact on them. 
it'll change your whole life. So I just want to encourage you that, you know, and we've talked about this a lot, that if people can find a passion that they can get behind, your whole life will change and it won't matter what the world says about that. So even if you, you don't decide to go into education, Gabby, you know, money will not buy you happiness. It just won't. It won't. And, um, you know, I think it's really cool that you have a, like a diverse skill set. Um, and some people might say like an entrepreneur, an elementary school teacher, how to make that make sense. But like, you can be both. You can be both. What is, I mean, like, tell me more about your, your kind of like, your future, you know, uh, business ideas, like this boutique, I, I, I want to know, like, what is that vision? Where did that vision come from? You know, like, um, I'm sure lots of people want to, want to hear about, I want to hear about this. So Lydia, tell us more about, about that vision. So I didn't really have that idea at first, like it was just going to be having that small business on the side, working from home. But I was on TikTok and I saw this one shop in Florida, it's called Gasp, and it's like an all pink store, and the outside's pink and the inside's pink, and she just buys from other small businesses and puts their products in the store, and it's the exact same stuff that I make and sell or, like, similar things that I would want to make, and then I realize I'm like, this is something that I do want, and it is absolutely beautiful. Mine wouldn't be pink. My shop's called Sunday, so I'd make it yellow, but I want it to be in, like, a place where there'd be a lot of tourists and visitors so it'd be more of like a gift shop for people that are coming in I haven't decided where I'm still not thinking much about it but I would if I could I'd start it now but I can't yet I can't own the store yet there's consistency behind that Allie because we had that conversation I think in like January or, or maybe no it was in the uh, fall semester uh of this year and i think we were talking about that on a previous podcast ellie about like you know there's an outcome right and then the path there um is interesting um with that um so we're i think you know gabby uh ali and i are always talking about the path there right and it's very different for each student each learner each adult each whatever it's a different path um, but I think um, one of the, our whys is really to try to figure out what is the best way that we can provide the best path for learners, right? So that's our big question and the big question for you. And you kind of had a little bit of that on the list, but um, just kind of want to ask you the overall question. If you had an opportunity to redesign, let's just stay with high school, right? What would it look like? to you and for your path of learning? Okay, so like I mentioned, I would change the hours or the days. It would just depend on like the teacher schedule and based off the school. Um, I would allow more freedom between picking classes. I guess right now we can pick whatever classes we want, but they're still limited of how many. I'd probably try and grow the amount of classes that there are I get that like some teachers can't but if there's like classes where there's only a small amount of kids that want to go in it they just don't let that class go through and I think that's unfair for some of the kids 
So I definitely keep that going. And then I would just encourage the teachers to grow a better relationship with some of the teachers. I know a teacher in my school that I'm not going to say the name, but she favored other kids and would be rude to any kids that she didn't like. There were some kids that would ask so many questions and she would just get so annoyed and wouldn't want to answer them. She'd tell them to just go figure it out themselves. And I think that's very unfair because then that could be something he's passionate about and she's not talking to him about it. So I definitely encourage all teachers to have that good relationship and be open to getting to know each student. I think those are the most important things for me in my school education. I anticipate you loving college. what you said um and yeah what are what is one thing you are besides the schedule um that you know you are most excited about for the next stage that uh life is bringing you in college so from because I'm starting cheer this summer I'm really excited to first go into college having relationships with new people that I've never met before I think it's definitely going to be beneficial going into a place that you don't know anybody. But I'm really excited to grow those relationships with my teachers and also be around students that are interested in the same things as me. And they can help me stay motivated and steer me in the right direction of deciding what I want. I love that she has you have a, a very like, you know, team oriented look. Um, and I have to ask the one question that's kind of been like stirring in my mind. And we haven't really gone deep into cheer, right? So you are very deep into cheer. Um, is it something that, you know, the community of cheer, is it the coach? Like, you know, I just wanted to pull out what is the greatest asset for you that you get out of mm -hmm. cheer and then even taking it to the next level because um, it's obviously made a huge impact on who you are. Yeah, I was planning on going into cheer in college but I when it was my last week and my last moments with my cheer team at stag I realized that I was really sad because of the family like orientated relationship that we had like I was so close to every single person on that team and it just made me upset that we had to separate from each other so then I wanted to try out for north central cheer because I really want that relationship with more people I didn't want that relationship to end so this day I'm so excited to start here again and have that dynamic with new people all the energy you want from uh, someone in business or in education or working with young people you've got you bring all of that <laughs> that's very palpable <laughs> with with what you are are doing so uh a question I asked Patrick that I think would also uh, lend itself well here as you just finished high school and, you know, you're probably not the same person that you were when you walked in the doors uh, four years ago. So what advice, if you could go back to freshman year, um, would you tell your freshman self that, uh, you know, would be good advice for, for anyone going into high school? First thing I'd say is do not talk to anybody or do not have any friends that bring you down and keep pulling you back. I would tell them to just let go of the people that are not letting you move forward 
and just have those friends that motivate you and encourage you and are proud of you and tell you all those positive things towards you. I wish I knew that before. That is almost precisely what Patrick said. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> That's I love that. I love that. So um, before we grab your uh, your connections and, and how to uh, find you and your store, uh, which is an amazing store online, Allie, I got to ask, what are your final thoughts on this conversation? Gasp is a store that I now want to go to. And I don't know, I like as you're painting this picture of of your your future boutique and, and life, you know, it 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 can happen. Um, and you know, you're already doing it. You know, you say like, oh, I can't own a store. You do own a store. Maybe not a physical location. You might be able to find ways to, and I would, you know, encourage you or anybody listening to like, you know, if you think you're too young or too this or too that to do something, um, Gabby is showing us that it's possible. And that, that, that picture that you have in your mind is, going to move you forward greater than anything else um, and having that that something to work towards. So I just love that vision that you casted. And I think a lot of people um, can benefit from a mindset that has a clear vision to move forward in life um, with. 100%. That's uh, that I'm a very visual person. And when you see it, it, you can make it. So I can see you in business as well as a great educator. I can't wait to see where you go next. Before we let you go, um, how can people connect with you? Um, find Sunday Designs um, and uh, you know, uh, maybe just start uh, building even more of a network. My Instagram, my TikTok, and my Etsy is called Shop Sunday Designs. And I'm also on LinkedIn, Gabby Konopka. Got it. That's all I have, I think. No, that's that's great. We got to get Patrick on there. <laughs> I know. Which we talked about. So, well, Gabby, thank you so much for uh, sharing your thoughts and uh, you know your future plans. Um, I don't see anything but a bright future for you um, because of the way that you view life. You view. Um, failures as opportunities to learn. Um, you know, it's not always easy. You get that. We're not always motivated, um, but uh, we couldn't be prouder of you. Um, and uh, obviously we're uh, going to watch you grow and, and learn. So thank you so much for sharing all your thoughts on Disrupt Education today. Thank you so much for this amazing opportunity. I really appreciate it. Thank you. 100%, 100%. And for Ali Privet, I'm Peter Hostrasser. Thank you all for listening. We'll catch you next time on the Disrupt Education Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of the Disrupt Education Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Are you ready to disrupt the educational arena you're a part of? For more ways to get involved in the work we do here at Disrupt Education, check us out at disrupteducation.co or find us on LinkedIn at Peter Hostrosser or Ali Privet. Our mission here is to help facilitate and amplify changes in the educational system through local initiatives and help you scale them into community movements. Our building network of disruptors in education are working to move beyond scores and grades 
as the only measure for student learning. If your school district, college, campus, or organization is looking for facilitators of this work, reach out on our website or social media. And if you have any thoughts or feedback on this week's episode or any episode, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep pushing the boundaries, taking risks, and most importantly, disrupting education.